Hi everyone, welcome to today's episode. I have interviewed my friend Tanya Sibelia. She has so much wisdom to share. I was personally motivated by her wisdom. After some serious setbacks, after having COVID, she rebuilt her physical strength from zero, and then she was wise enough to also undertake her mental and spiritual health. Even as I was editing this podcast, every time I would pull out one of Tanya's nuggets, and I always have her in the back of my mind as I continue my new exercise routine, and sometimes when I feel like I don't want to go to the gym, because her perspective shift is everything. Also, I had no idea, but even though she's relatively new to astrology, she should basically be the new PR person for astrology. I can't wait for you to hear why. We had so much fun. I am excited for you to hear her story, and here we go. Hi, Tanya. Hi. Welcome to It's Astrological. Thank you for joining me and being one of my first guests on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I am just so excited to talk to you because we're former work friends. And I love that so many of my friendships have come from a previous place of employment. I'm such close friends with so many of the people that I met there. And I'm just so happy that you are one of them. Oh, that's really sweet. Thank you. It's true. Let's start with the basics. Let everyone get to know you a little bit. Where in the world are you? And tell me a little bit about your cultural background, your upbringing, how you got to be where you are today. Sure. So probably from my accent, people will see that I am Italian, but I'm actually living in Barcelona in Spain. I have been here for about eight years almost, but before that, I've been traveling around Europe. So I left Italy when I was 24, 25, and I've been living a bit in the northern Europe, in the Netherlands, and then I moved down to Switzerland, and that's when I started rolling down and arriving to Spain, just by mistake, really. It was more of a joke. (laughs) Hey, Barcelona looks nice. How cool would it be to live there? And um, turns out I applied for a job, and here I am today. And I'm still here, uh, loving it and enjoying it. What else to say? I'm just a human being looking for a purpose in life. I started a journey a couple of years ago, working more on myself, taking care of myself, and linking this a bit with you to what's my sign, why I'm doing things like this, why I feel this way. I'm sure we're going to touch upon this later on during the podcast. But really, I'm just trying to make sense of why I'm here on Earth and what I'm good at and how I can contribute to the rest of the world. And um, still figuring it out, but it's becoming really exciting. And especially this year, it seems it's going to be an important year for me. We'll see later why. And I think that's pretty much it. Wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was powerful. <laughs> thank you. No, thank you. Thank you for sharing all of that. One of the reasons why I wanted to start this podcast was to just talk to my friends and soon to be friends about astrology, but bringing people from all over and all different backgrounds and who speak different languages and live across the world and just see what people have in common. And I think what everyone has in common is that they either have been searching for their purpose or they are searching for their purpose, or maybe they're finding that their purpose is changing as they grow and enter new phases of life. And I think that's one of the things that is most interesting to me because it's been about a year and a half Mm -hmm. since we've started talking about these things and it was kind of on the side, you know, we'd like talk about work and then I'd be like, oh, you know, I do astrology and you'd be like, oh, tell me more about this thing. And now we've shifted to the point where we probably talk more about astrology and life purpose more than work. Yay. (laughs) Yay. That's the best. (laughs) But I think your journey is so interesting and the way that you have had such resilience and diligence, honestly, in terms of your structure around finding your life purpose and figuring out what works for you and what doesn't and really tying that to your physical health, your mental health and your spiritual health. I know I'm just rambling right now, but tying it into those three things I would love for you to talk a little bit more about what that brings up for you just in the moment. Yeah, I think I will start 
a bit sharing, I guess, how everything started, what triggered the need to look for purpose and the need to take serious care of myself. Before even the COVID started, I was not feeling aligned. I don't know if you ever had meditated, but when you close your eyes, you should feel like you are sitting still. And for me, what would happen is that I would feel I was lingering to one side or the other. So I couldn't feel like there was a straight line inside myself. And this was a constant feeling that I was having, whether I was meditating, when I was working, when I was outside, when I was doing other things. And it was like that deep inside me, I knew something was not right. Something was not aligned. Something was not where it should be. So then I started a journey of self-discovery or self-rediscovery, perhaps. I am almost 37. So definitely I had an idea a couple of years ago of the person that I thought I was or I should have been. So it was a self-rediscovery in terms of who I am, what am I doing here? Am I enjoying what I'm doing and why I'm not feeling great? Then COVID happened. We took a lot of pauses and breaks and we had time to reflect more on what we were doing, even on a daily basis. What are our habits? What are the things that we couldn't do maybe back then because of the restrictions or the quarantine that were working and what we stopped doing maybe because we were just forced to and was actually a good thing. For me, things changed rapidly as well as I got sick. So I was sick with COVID for a few months, actually. I had some long-term symptoms that uh, really didn't want to go away. I'm definitely better now, but it was definitely a enlightening moment. One of the things that I've always been good at, at least since I moved to Barcelona, I have to admit, this town has some magic power and pressure, uh, you know, to do some physical exercise. But that's something I was really good at. So all of a sudden, what I was counting on my body as a strong body that could take me places was all of a sudden not there anymore. So I had to restart from zero. And um, it was definitely a turning point where, apart from rebuilding some habits, also had to take a lot of patience with myself. It, it takes time to recover from such a disease like COVID, for sure. It might be the same for many other problems or illness. It really depends case to case. But the thing is that you need to be patient and realize that you cannot just go back to do what you used to do. I remember even just walking around the block was such a big struggle for me. So that's how I restarted taking care of myself, really taking small steps to really go back. And with that, I kind of developed also many other skills in terms of, okay, I am taking care of my body, but at the same time, what is my mind telling me? What is my heart telling me? So to go back to that level of spirituality, you can take care of your body, but if you're not good inside your mind, if you don't feel something good inside your heart, you can run as much as you want, but you're not going to change anything, right? So it kind of like bring together these two dimensions, at least at the beginning, taking care of your body as well as your mind. So you're forcing your body to maybe do more steps in a day, but at the same time, you're training your mind to be patient. You're training your mind not to think so much about the outcome, but to think about the process, right? It might sound a bit cheesy, but these things are like, you have to enjoy the process to make progress. It's actually really true. If you become just addicted to the outcome, it can be very frustrating. And in the end, you're not really enjoying it or you're not being happy through life, really. So this is a bit that forced me out out of my comfort zone for sure I'm really happy that happened that way and now I can see why it had to happen that way as well I sometimes try to hide I keep things for myself and it definitely had to be pushed but then when it happened it was definitely one of the best things and then with that I built step by step into it I put the basis down and then of course once you start there are so many things that you can really discover about yourself and once you have the physical part control let's say then you can focus more on your mind on your heart on a spiritual level and build from there so the taking part of the physical part for me was really like putting the basis and having the structure that you mentioned because it becomes then a routine you can go running you can go walking you go to the gym you can go swimming I started boxing recently well last year but it's like really becomes like the thing that you do and then of course it becomes also discipline right for yourself even if you don't really want to do it you just show up you might show up happy tired frustrated or just with a lot of energy but you just show up because it's about you it's about your body you know it's going to be good for you and that makes you feel of course much better much stronger so then you feel ready to tackle the hardest part what's in your mind what's in your heart 
which sometimes can take even more time, definitely much more self-awareness than you probably think you have. And yeah, and patient. I keep thinking about this word, probably I said it already a thousand times, but I think that's really the key. Not putting yourself under pressure when it's not necessary is something that I think I'm still trying to learn a bit. I have always high expectations, high standards. I think I really like jump from enjoying the moment, enjoying every little accomplishment that you do, but then really striving for more. But I think you really need to be balanced right in the middle so that you do not frustrate yourself for no reason, really. So yeah, this is a bit, uh, (laughs) I guess, uh, part that has been very important throughout my journey. The thing about growth is everyone wants to grow. Everyone's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, like (laughs) I'm going to grow and be better and stronger and all of those things. But when you think about the plants that are now coming up out of the ground here in the Northern Hemisphere, mm-hmm. growth is not easy. That is hard work. And like those little plants, they have to number one, just put all their effort into poking their little heads out of the ground. And then it's like, am I going to get stepped on? Is a dog going to pee on me? Is something going to eat me? You know, like there's all of these things where you have to have exactly what you're talking about, the persistence and the determination. And for you, this is something that I know I struggle with is I won't even say the discipline, but the habit stacking, the routine where you do feel like to your point, you're like, you just show up, but you're showing up for yourself. You're showing up for that future version of you, that version of you that you want to grow into again, right? It's not easy. You have to put in the work every single day. So could you talk about a time when you felt that turning point? Where were you able to say, okay, I really don't want to do this thing today, but I'm going to show up for myself. And when you crossed that threshold to it becoming the new version of you? Yeah. So it happens so many times. It happens constantly because you can be very disciplined, but there's always going to come one day where you don't want to do it. And then you just show up for yourself. And then you're going well for a few weeks, so maybe just for a few days or for a few months. And then one other bad day hits you and you're just there. You're like, okay, I need to show up for myself. It happened for physical exercise. I think that's uh, the one most people can relate to, right? Oh, they really want to go to the gym, you know, that kind of feeling. But then you know that you want to go, right? You don't, I think that's also another trick. Like I don't say to myself that I have to do something. I just tell myself that I want to do it. And this is like, I don't know, it's kind of changes, right? The, the narrative a little in a very powerful way, I think. Yeah, I've also heard I get to do it. Like, I have the privilege of having a body that can take me there and yeah. can do all of these things. And this word privilege is something that I will, I've been reminding myself a lot, especially after having had COVID, right? This thing of, I don't want to maybe go running, but then I think, wait a minute. When I had COVID, I couldn't even walk and I was dying to go for a run, especially here in Barcelona. I go around by the beach. I can see the sunrise there. And in a heartbeat, this was taken from me. So now I can do it. So that's why I say I want to do it, right? I get to do it again. So I remind myself this privilege, this, I don't know, I don't like saying that I'm lucky, but in this sense, like I have the opportunity. So I would be a waste, if I can say it that way, a waste to not to do it. It also happens at different levels in terms of thinking what's happening with you, noticing some emotions and feelings, what is happening around you, and then choosing to show up for yourself in the sense of realizing what's happening, what is triggering you, what is the situation, and working through that. The best way out is through, so kind of accepting, understanding the feeling, and let the feeling be, knowing that it's just a passenger with you for that moment, for that day, for that week, but that you are not that feeling. And what I explain now in just 10 seconds is something that took me months to, you know, to learn <laughs> and uh, understand and then accept and manage. What I can say is that every time this things happen and of course I remind myself okay I'm gonna show up because I want to because it's me I'm gonna handle the situation it's definitely a result of a previous work and doing the work I've done I make myself accountable but also I ask for help I think many people think that they want to be better but they don't think they can ask for help but you can and you should. You don't have to do this alone. And for me, that was the turning point, knowing that, yes, I need to do all these things, but I have no clue how to start. And I was like, wait a minute, 
I can ask somebody to help me. So for me, it was either the therapist, you know, a gym coach, is either a friend, you know, like you really choose who you want to ask for help, whether it's a more professional help or just somebody in your circle. But that makes you feel less alone and it makes it feel less scary. And then, of course, if it's a professional help, you're going to have all the resources, tools and support that you might need for as long as you as you want to as well. So that for me was a turning point. I think growing up, I always have felt that I had to have everything together. I had to have my things in order. I need to know what to do next. If I look back all my childhood up to really university, I knew what I was going to do next. When you grow up, of course, you have school, you have high school, and then you go to university. So definitely the first, what, 18, 19 years of your life are really linked to, to the education part. And then all of a sudden, it's like, okay, now what? So then finding myself 10 years later struggling with these things really forced me to take a break and say okay now what do I do how do I do this right because maybe you know what you want to do but is the how that is kind of scary sometimes and there are so many different paths and you just mentioned 10 years after graduation that's usually around people's Saturn return <laughs> and 29 to 30 you're like okay I'm, I'm now officially a grown-up. Like, this is my transition into maturity and responsibility and the next kind of stage in my life and who I want to be, which is why so many people often struggle with their Saturn returns. One, because maybe they haven't been doing the work up until that point to be responsible and accountable for themselves. So Saturn's going to come in and be like, excuse me, like, <laughs> you need to do this in order to move on to the next step. But because it's a threshold of a new life stage, the second third of, you know, third, we live longer now, yeah. but the second third <laughs> of someone's life, there's really a yearning to figure out what am I doing? What do I want to do? Is what I've been doing for the past 10 or so years aligned, to your point, with who I want to be and what my calling is in this life? So I guess since I've already started talking about astrology, <laughs> surprise, surprise. Um, why don't we make a quick transition over to talk about your basics and then we can dive a little bit more into your chart. So Tanya, since it's astrological, do you know your sun, moon and rising? Yes, I do. My sun is in Cancer and my moon is in Capricorn. And your rising sign? Oh, it's Virgo. Virgo. I am also a Virgo rising. I think that's part of the reason why we Click. like each other so much. <laughs> We resonate on the same frequency. Yeah. People think we're very organized and detail oriented. <laughs> but I believe that your Virgo rising is so strong for you in what we were just talking about. Virgo represents our daily habits and our routines and our wellness. So I think that really astrologically speaking, gave you a leg up to be able to build those foundations and to just stick with it. That daily, like, I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to walk a little bit further today. I'm going to have my therapy and I'm going to, you know, like all of those daily habits that you've built in. I remember talking to you. It was, I think it was on a Friday at work or something. <laughs> and you were like, oh, I always clean on Fridays. That way I don't have to do it like on the weekend. And <laughs> I just and then another time you were like, oh, I've been journaling at the end of every week. I journal like all the things that I've learned. And I don't like you can correct me because you're probably still doing it because yeah. <laughs> you are so diligent and dedicated. But those two things I was like wow, I want to be more like Tanya. <laughs> <laughs> so clean on Thursday. Yeah. So clean on Thursday because Friday is already weekend and you don't want to stay home on a Friday night. <laughs> but apart from that, you got it correctly. That's actually something I still do. And I still do it even more diligently since the start of this year. I created this chart with a um, few questions for myself, as in what did I learn this week? What did I accomplish this week? And how did I feel this week? And every week on Sunday, usually I have my routine. I light up a candle, I meditate, and then I look back. But I also then look forward. And I kind of look through the week 
some weeks are there is nothing major. Other weeks, it feels like a lot more has happened. I guess it's more than to look back, right? After a month, after two months, after three months, the first quarter of the year was pretty quick and seeing how many things you actually have done, how many times you feel you accomplished something. And by this, I don't mean that I, I don't know, I hike up a mountain or big things. It could be just like a very small thing that you have maybe postponing for a long time, but then you actually did it, right? It could be cleaning your apartment, going for a long walk or going for the first round of the year or something like that or even just calling somebody that you haven't talked to for a while it can be really be anything but this habit helping also to really enjoy the little things you know the small things in life that makes you happy really and then of course keep track on the long term of what is important what is it that you want to accomplish at the beginning of the year for me it was just like I want to feel better I want to get more confident so then even just tracking how I was feeling every week and when I was feeling confident, even noticing this accomplishment or this improvement really helped to build momentum. So then you feel better. You really feel that you have got where you wanted. Then always, you can always do better. That's for sure. You always can be a better version of yourself. It's a never ending journey, I think. But it helps to keep motivated, keep on track. And even just noticing, right, to go back this, this what I said before about sometimes we feel so many things, there are so many emotions, and uh, maybe you feel overwhelmed, but just kind of understand, okay, they are there. You cannot push them away. You shouldn't push them away, even if they are bad feelings or things that you perceive as bad. They just, they are just there to help you see something. I feel so wise in saying these things, but I really think that it really helps to detect. Maybe you're not ready. That's also why I, I track everything or I don't like saying tracking, but like I, I record stuff. I write how I feel because maybe in that moment, I am feeling something very strongly and I'm just not ready in that particular moment to face it or to go deep. But I write down what happened. I write down how I feel or what I've done. And then a week later, two weeks later, I can go back and say, okay, two weeks ago, this happened. And maybe it's time, you know, Tanya, to think about this. It's actually proven that you can talk to yourself out loud and it works. So if you never try it, you should definitely do it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's allowing yourself to find the time and not being hard. It's already difficult to manage certain emotions and definitely rushing yourself to do it. So it's not a good thing. Avoiding as well, you know, you read to find the right balance. Like, okay, you don't want to do it now. It's fine, but let's not postpone into next year because otherwise you really miss then the momentum of it. Yeah. And I'm laughing to myself because I have your chart up. I'll share it with you in a second. Mm -hmm. But between your Capricorn moon and your Virgo rising, like everything that you're saying is like ding, ding, ding. <laughs> oh, light Because you're talking about tracking things over time and taking really maybe more of a practical approach to emotions, if that makes sense. Capricorn and Virgo are both earth signs, so they have that grounded, practical energy to it. And then you've been talking so much about using this information to see what you've achieved every week. And Capricorn likes to achieve things and likes to see how they're climbing up the mountain. And so once again, I find myself being like, oh, I want to be more like Tanya and <laughs> do all of these things every week and be so diligent about them. But I think it's just, it's a really beautiful expression of both of those, the Virgo rising and the Capricorn moon, because you're working so, so well with those energies and you're allowing them to help you. You're leaning into the energy to be your best self, like you're putting in the work and you're using those as leverage to support you and support your health and all of that stuff. So there is a good thing there that you just said, allowing the energy. And I think that's something I struggle a lot, especially in the past, maybe when I was younger, but uh, I don't know, maybe even just a couple of years ago that I was not so young anymore. But there is this thing when you feel a lot of things, many emotions, many feelings, and sometimes you create for some reason, an opinion that they should not be there, that you should not be feeling in a certain way in certain situations. And for me, it has been a struggle sometimes to just allow them and really understanding that what I am feeling is not who I am. It's just 
something that needs to be expressed and I just have to let it be. And then, of course, understand why it is expressing in that way. So I think that they're allowing the energy, whether they're feeling right, they're coming to knock on your door. It's an important part. And now that I look back, I think that I have become more and more aware of the different energies that are around me since I met you in a way. Because since I met you, then when I started really like, oh, astrology, hmm, there are some energy here. What are the planets doing in my chart? Why am I feeling this way? And I think that's uh, the important part of, of my journey, how to link what is happening with my natal chart apart my sun and moon also where the planets at and i know we had a conversation about my chart a few months ago and definitely that rings a bell in terms of which energies are coming up for you yeah i want to dig into that in just a minute but something that you said really resonated with me about the feelings and maybe not wanting to deal with them or feeling like you shouldn't be feeling them or any of those things. And your Capricorn moon, for anyone who has a moon in Capricorn, that can sometimes be a challenging placement because the moon is all about your feelings and your emotional landscape and your instinctive responses. Like how do you respond to something before your brain gets in the way? And Capricorn is not like those things at all. <laughs> Capricorn yeah. is like, what do I need to get me to the top of the mountain? What do I need to achieve what I need to achieve and be practical in all of those things? So there's oftentimes there can be a misalignment there. And what I really love is that you've done the work, right? Because everyone has placements that can be challenging or that maybe they aren't optimizing the effects of the energy. And what you've done is you have understood that understanding your feelings and allowing them to happen. And even again, with the diligence, writing it down in two weeks before <laughs> and then coming back to it. <laughs> but ultimately, that does help you in the long term, right? Because you're processing and you're moving through stuff and you're not just shoving it down. Capricorn is also ruled by Saturn, which is the planet of shoulding ourselves. <laughs> so when we're saying I should do this, or I shouldn't do this, that's very Capricornian Saturnian energy. So when you were talking about I should or I shouldn't feel these things or should or should not deal with these feelings, again, like you've done a, a really beautiful job of turning that initial reaction, right, your moon into a way that serves you in the long term in terms of achieving your own wellness. Yeah. Yeah, it hasn't been easy. And I think that's also something that comes with different tries, right? In terms of finding the right way to handle with yourself. There is no magic trick. And mm -hmm. you might be that you find a way and it works immediately, or you might have to go through, I don't know, 10, 20 different approaches. And then you finally find something that works. It takes time. Mm -hmm. And with this, we go back to patience, right? I've mentioned that a lot at the beginning but that's also another part where you really need to be patient with yourself and don't get frustrated I've been talking with many friends that were going through the same and I think this was really something that we kept telling each other but also trying to keep telling ourselves in terms of not assuming it's going to take you, you know, a certain amount of time to figure something out. It might be that it's going to be fast, it's going to be, be slower, but there is no fast and slow. It's just going to be your own time. So do not create certain expectation. Just because somebody else has done it faster than you doesn't mean that you are late. Or if you're doing faster than somebody else, it doesn't really mean anything. I think in that sense, finding your own ways, what is it actually important? So you should not think that you want to be more with Tanya. You should find your own way, <laughs> you know, uh, of how know. to handle. <laughs> <laughs> Why, more wise words from Tanya. I say that because I do want to be more diligent. But to your point, that's not my timing. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I have this part of me that wants to like, collect the data and observe my trends over time and my moods and how I'm feeling and how it aligns with astrological transits. And I want to do that every single day so that I can look back on it in time. And I do that in my own ways, mm -hmm. but I like your ways. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> it's something I've always struggled with is daily routine and it's not for me. And I'm, I still have not accepted that. So that's okay too, <laughs> because that's on my own time, right? I'm going through my own process of figuring out why I go through these spurts of being really good at it and then dropping things. So this is not about me though. <laughs> <laughs>
Tana, you mentioned earlier that I did a reading for you a couple of months ago. And in our pre-interview, we were like, oh, the things you told me about were coming. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about your astrological background. And was there a specific turning point when you realized that astrology was something that you were interested in or that it worked or you had an aha moment with something in your chart or with a transit? Oh, so many moments. I think I just mentioned that my relation, if I can say it this way, with astrology started with you in a way. I think everybody, when it's boring, is like, oh, what's my sign? But if you don't really have a strong, maybe, interest like you do or passion, maybe you just hear things here and now. When we met and then you told me, I like astrology and you were pulling sometimes cards during meetings. So maybe I should say that. That's when I started. (laughs) That's when I started. Everyone, I pull cards during all my meetings. (laughs) She does. Maybe I should have said that. So I think that's where you kind of plant a seed and the curiosity kicks in every time there is something that I feel or like some major event or it's just a curiosity. Oh, I, I wonder how my chart looks like now. And then little by little, I think you were just sharing some notion here and there then I was much more aware of different energies or much more aware of myself how I react to certain things I really enjoy the moon so I really follow the moon cycle when there is a full moon I do my own routine I light a candle I like the moon I actually found out that when I was born it was a full moon on that day mm-hmm. so I don't know I I read into this a strong connection with the moon as well so after, what was it, like a couple of months ago, I think. That's when, I, I mean, one of the biggest haha moments that I had was when I was actually talking with you about it. And we were looking at my natal chart and I was telling you like, oh my God, Lynette, I had this like day when everything exploded. <laughs> and you were like, oh, let, let me which day it is. Let's look at your chart. And if I don't remember it wrong, and now you can correct me, it was a day where my north and south node were really perpendicular to the moon or something like that and you were saying oh my god of course you felt it so much it's because the position of everything in your chart was really lighting up for you and so that moment was like okay so there is something here to learn you know like not just what happened but also like maybe can help to see what is coming up and that's when we had the conversation about how my natal chart was looking at that point but also how all the planets were gonna move and all of them were going to pass by one of my quadrants and touching upon my ninth house, which is the house I know now the most of all the others. <laughs> and that's where I was really feeling then the connection. And in that sense, it was also another haha moment because the ninth house is the house of how you say it, your own calling, right? Um, help me out here. Like, um, yeah, your ninth house is your like worldview, your philosophy, yeah. like, expanding your. Yeah, and everything. It's the house of expansion. So it was really then linked to what I was also looking for, looking for new opportunities, how to express, how to work, maybe making those changes linked to your purpose or even just trying new things. Also like taking away this impression that whatever you do next is going to be the big thing or the right thing, but just trying to move forward. So that was another haha moment. And I'm sure I'm going to have many other haha moments coming up, <laughs> uh, you know, rethinking about I guarantee all, the, it. <laughs> all the planets that are passing by and knocking on my doors there. Yeah. Let me pull up your chart really quickly. I see it. There you are. There I am. <laughs> I specifically remember just talking about this parade of <laughs> planets that you're going to have coming yeah. across your ninth house, like you were talking about. Yeah. To your point, you've gotten to know your ninth house very well, and you've probably started to really get to know your North Node and Venus and your Midheaven because <laughs> those are all in your ninth house. And for everyone listening, I will have Tanya's chart in the show notes so you can see, but all of these planets are in Taurus. So what we talked about was how over the next few months, there's literally heaps of planets just moving over those points in in Tanya's chart. And Tanya, how do you think having that information ahead of time has helped you? I think you are maybe developing more awareness, depending on how what your habits are, what you do on a daily basis, you might be more of an autopilot more than other time of your life. So I think knowing all these things, it kind of like help you to be more in the moment and catching 
different things are happening. Noticing, I'm not going to say writing down every single feelings in your chart, but it's definitely like these things of noticing more. And that's where everything starts, really. You start noticing and then what is happening. You don't necessarily mean you have to act on it. You just can just take the time if you need to, or maybe something that's going to be really clear for you. But definitely noticing this, having this information kind of help prepare in a way and accept that something's going to change as well. I think when we were looking at this, my first reaction was like, oh my God, so many things. Like I, I didn't feel like scared, but I think I was like, this is overwhelming. Like all this, like in the next month or something, uh, actually not even a month because I think it's like in about what, 10 days, a week or something, they're going to go all around. Mm. So it was like, okay, that can be pretty intense. So even just knowing about it gave me the time to prepare that maybe a big change or big things are coming, but also like to manage expectation. It doesn't necessarily mean that because the planets are going in five days all around my ninth house that by the end of it, I need to have certain information or have made some decision, etc. On the other side, what was interesting is that all the things that we discussed, even like earlier dates about, I don't know, Mercury talking to Venus or, you know, all these things, it was nice because it kind of coincided. You sound like an astrologer, Tanya. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I don't. You are the expert here. But all the <laughs> things that you told me then, looking back, it also like coincided with different moments, like specific interviews or meeting new people because then also brings in also the relation that you have with other people and I still remember how you mentioned the people that I was going to meet were also going to be important for my non house but also in terms of understanding how do people see me what they reflect to me about me which is also like a very interesting and important aspect of all of this. So I think knowing, looking at this is definitely triggers a lot of reflection. I know that some people are skeptical, others aren't, but I just think that it kind of gives you some tools or some hints about certain aspects of your life. And it's just like a trigger then for reflection. I think what is important to remember is that, okay, this is your chart, but you are still in charge, right? I am the person that's making decision. It's not that because Venus is talking to Mercury or whatever, that something is going to happen for sure. I think they just light up on certain things in your life that maybe you don't want to see, maybe you're not aware, maybe you're being avoiding, but they then come and then say, no, now it's time to deal with it if you've been postponing it then you're kind of forced maybe into that and whether you believe it or not it's still happening so you should be the spokesperson for astrology (laughs) (laughs) you know astrology at its essence does three things it explains who you are and why you are that way whether or not you are that person today or you're going to be that person in 20 years because our chart is with us our whole life you could drill down separately into that It tells you what planetary energies are going to happen in the future and what planetary energies happened in the past. So what you were just talking about in terms of having a heads up so that you can be aware Mm -hmm. that a part of your chart is going to light up is really important. But I think the other part that I personally probably use more in astrology is the validation of things that have happened in the past. Mm -hmm. And the more that you look back on certain transits or aspects and align them to different times in your life, the more that actually helps with the future because you're like, oh, here's a time when Venus and Mercury were talking and I felt like this, or I met this kind of person, or this is what was going on. Then the next time you see Venus and Mercury coming around in your chart, it'll be a different energy because it'll probably be a different angle, but you have an idea of what those two planets mean to you and how they express their energy for you. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. And definitely it's easier to go retrograde, right? To look in the past and see what has happened and link it back. For the future, of course, the it's important not to create big expectation, right? It's not because there is like, I don't know, a big planet passing by that something super important, super big is happening. It could be very just a small thing, but as long as it's important for you, it's that what matters. Mm-hmm. You can learn a lot from that, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to hear or feel the energy on the biggest moment of your life. It can be just like a smooth change, but it's going to be important in the long run. So not to create too big expectation of what we think is coming is definitely something super important. It's something that I have been working and I guess interiorizing a lot, especially after the reading I had with you, looking at my chart of what has happened now at the end of April, beginning of May, you know, not to create a false expectation. Definitely something is moving. I know that even if I didn't know what my chart looked like, I definitely feel it. I guess 
linking with the child is also what makes it more fun. It, it's definitely interesting knowing how your natal chart look like. I mean, of course, like all your cancer or your Virgo, whatever, it's also going to be about, oh, that's interesting. Like I felt this way and how things are linked. And it's going to kind of push also to asking yourself maybe some questions that you haven't asked yourself yet. So more than giving answers, sometimes I think it just gives you right questions and then you have to figure it out. Yeah. A good astrologer will never give you answers. <laughs> They'll just give you more more questions because you're the one who has to deal with your moon in Capricorn where you feel like you shouldn't be dealing with emotions or whatever it might be. But what that astrologer can do is explain to you why. And that can be so validating because it may be something that you've bumped up against for most of your life where you're like, ugh. Why can't I just be like Tanya and write down all my things every day? <laughs> but then you then understand that that's not who you're meant to be. Like you're meant to be whoever you are. So I know you're kind of new to astrology and your chart and all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that you're still skeptical about when it comes to astrology? Maybe skeptical is not the right thing. I guess... It's more this feeling of learning what's happening, learning what the houses mean and these things, but then always remembering that whatever it is that is there, that is written, it's something that you can change. So I think that when uh, you talk to many people, they just think that you believe blindly, right? Whatever your sign is about. But I think what is important to remember is always that you are in charge, that you have the power to change, that you are the one making the decision, that there is a human being there that can learn from the natural chart, but can still make their decision. So it's not really skepticism. I think it's just more of putting it in the right perspective, really. And to anybody that really asks me, oh, why you're doing the reading? Because it happened to me, I was telling somebody that had the reading with you, I was like, oh, but why did you do it? I was like, well, why shouldn't I? It's just like just something more to learn from. I put it in the same level. Like if you have a coach for your fitness, I might have therapy and then there is astrologist. I think they all go on the same level they will give you different tools, different perspective, and then use all of them to combine them in a way that makes sense to take care of yourself and to learn about yourself. So, yeah. <laughs> You're like the ultimate self-care, self-help <laughs> example between with all of the things that you've done. I, I just admire it so, so much. Thank you. I am a self-nurturer, you know. It's your cancer son. Yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned something about your Mars and cancer being something that stands out to you in your chart. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah. So, well, I didn't know my Mars was in cancer until we had the reading, to be honest. <laughs> uh, and that maybe was another haha moment. Mars in cancer is the energy center, right? And I remember you telling me that it was difficult to balance. And I remember that kind of ring a bell, as in, okay, these are things I struggle on a daily basis. I I felt like, okay, this kind of like, if, there, if it was a way to maybe describe a bit myself was this, what I just said. So I think that was something that was enlightening to know and was really helpful in terms of to understand better myself, the way I react, the way I want to act sometimes, but then I feel like maybe, you know, overwhelmed and struggling within what should be the right approach or the right thing to do. And definitely knowing that, hey, there might be a, you know, astrological reason for that was somehow helping even just, okay, I just accept this part of myself and just go with it. So it's, definitely helpful because it also gives you more patience to go back to that to deal with yourself not to justify that you are in a certain way because of when you were born and things like that but just like even just accept certain parts of ourselves that maybe we are not comfortable in talking about because then it brings out maybe some parts that are not so easy to manage or some parts that we are maybe not so proud of or we just don't want to share with other people so it's definitely going back to sort of a learning curve to understand yourself so not just that self-care but also self awareness which probably in a way you never really stop uh, working on as in the more you grow the more you change so certain things that maybe were true about yourself even just a month ago maybe they're not true about yourself anymore they have just evolved into something different yeah and i think everyone has these parts of their chart i'm going to put this in quotes even though people can't see me undesirable or yeah. is viewed as quote unquote bad or scary or you know all of those things and first of all i'm 
not the kind of astrologer that would ever say that anything is bad or scary or undesirable in your chart. I think that your chart gives you the tools to navigate anything that's a challenging placement, transit, whatever it is. You have that for a reason for this lifetime, for the soul journey that you're on. And Mars and Cancer is probably one of the challenging placements because Mars wants to fight and Cancer wants to nurture. So no matter what the placement is, there's always going to be a higher frequency expression of it and a lower expression of it. And there are countless examples in history of people who had really similar transits who were like murderers or, you know, like <laughs> really great people, you know, who were like born around the same time. And they just, to your very valid point, Tanya, they had their free will and they chose how they were going to work with that energy and that took them down whatever the path was. So for you with that Mars and Cancer, it's actually really close to your son too. So it's like an even more important part of your identity. I remember sometimes being in meetings with you where I feel like you would go in, like it would express itself like knowing it now, it would express itself so clearly because you would be in your shell, you're like cancer shell and you'd be like, be like really quiet. And then you'd like get really fired up about something <laughs> and then you would go back into your shell again. You'd be like, I don't want to talk about this anymore for whatever reason, but that expression is really an important learning for anybody who has or knows somebody with this placement because it's a dichotomy. It's, it's similar to your moon in Capricorn, actually. That planet is in a place that it doesn't necessarily want to be in, but it's allowed you the opportunity to work with the energy. <laughs> so we talked about what you've done, your work with your moon in Capricorn, but also with your Mars in Cancer, it's also like, how do you fight for the things that you care about? How do you turn that energy around to align it more with passion, to align it more with, I think, action was the word that you used when we started talking about this. So again, astrology is just giving you information. It's giving you information that like, oh, this could be challenging for you. You might have a tough time balancing these two energies, but it gives you the gift of knowing that you can work through it and you can figure out what the highest expression of that energy is for you. Yeah. Yeah, I think you said it right there. It gives you information and then you decide what to do with them. So there are definitely a lot of information or just different perspectives. I think that's the best thing about astrology. That gives you different perspective. It just looks at things from different angles than anything else that you can do. And so you can, of course, like re always remember that you are in charge, that you are taking your decision, but it just can just open up your mind even more to different patterns, different I don't want to say answer, but just different perspectives, really, that can help you like understand better yourself or going deeper or even just thinking of, let's say, possibilities or outcome or options that you were not thinking about it in a more rational, logical perspective, whether it comes from you or it comes from the environment you have around or different things you could be doing. So for me, just to add on, really. And I think it's fantastic, really. So, yeah. I'm sure there are so many things that I don't know. I mean, now I'm so focused on my ninth house for the reason we just, uh, you know, discussed all along, but I'm sure that all the others are, are as much as <laughs> yeah, there's, there's many other houses. <laughs> yeah. So, um, just, I guess I'm just at the beginning of my journey with astrology as well, but so far it has given me, well, a lot of uh, hints, I think, to reflect on. So that's good. Tanya, there's a lot about astrology that I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so it's one of those things that you could just study for your entire life and still like barely scratch the surface. So, but I'm, I'm honored that I have been a part of your journey and I love talking to you about astrology and I love talking to you about astrology. Thank you. I have a few rapid fire questions. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else you'd like to say before we rapid fire you? No, come on. Shoot. I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> I also, I will give you a heads up. I'm terrible at rapid fire. I just start talking in between every single question. So we'll see if I do a better job. <laughs> okay. Do you consider yourself to be more introverted or extroverted? Introverted. What is your superpower? Mm, I can lose socks every day. <laughs> <laughs> That's a new one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> ah, 
laundry. I'm terrible. I mean, anyway, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> what is your dream travel destination? Um, uh, Central Asia. Oh, like what part? All the different uh, ex-Soviet Republic, really. I wanted to go to Mongolia, but then COVID happened. So that's been postponed. But definitely that's on one of my wish lists. I'm going to do this every time I ask this question. Have we we've, have we looked at your astro map for that place, that part of the world? We did, yes, because I've been to Uzbekistan a couple of years ago. And I think when I told you I've been there, we'd look into that. So, yeah. Yeah. That would be uh, yeah. something that you would have done. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I, this rings a bell for me. Mm-hmm. This is what, that should never be a rapid fire question because I, I'm always going to be like, tell me more. Like, <laughs> <laughs> map. Okay. Back to rapid fire. How do you bring ritual into your daily life? You kind of already answered this at the beginning, but. Rituals. So it depends. It depends. I mean, how big of a ritual you want to have, but it can be just lighting a candles, you know, every day before going to sleep or just, I don't know, putting on some perfume when you're meditating or something like that. For today, I put on uh, some flowers on my table before the podcast to kind of prepare the the environment. It was actually nice because yesterday was San Jordi here in Barcelona. So mm-hmm. they were giving out the red roses. So I got uh, one from the gym. It's, uh, <laughs> from the gym. I have to say, I was very sad to hear that girls get roses and boys get books because I want a book. Yeah, you get books too. I mean, traditionally speaking, you should get a flower, but, you know, we are in 2022. <laughs> you get both. Yes. And, you know, just by showing up at the gym and doing your exercise, I got the rose. So that's nice. That's a nice detail, right? And our last rapid fire, not so rapid. I'm going to start calling these not so rapid fire questions. <laughs> where do you shine brightest in your life? Oh, where do I shine brightest in my life? Um... It's a tough one, huh? This the last one. It's a tough one. I think today, at least, I would say with myself in terms of taking care of myself. And I'm actually quite happy to be saying something like that. It took uh, it took a while, but I think that's what I'm really good at right now. I agree. Thanks. Well, Tanya. Thank you so much. This was such a pleasure to just talk to you about astrology officially. I hope to do this again. You are so wise and so insightful. And I think your journey has just, there's so much that we can all learn from your journey and all the work that you've put in and the self-awareness and the self-understanding that you've learned. So thank you for opening up and sharing it with us today. Thank you so much for having me. This was definitely so much fun. And I look forward to the next episode with you then. Yes. And where can people find you if they want to follow along with your journey? Well, they can find me on Instagram and they can easily find me even on LinkedIn or maybe just by asking you my personal email. Perfect. Thank you, Tanya. Have a great evening. Thank you. I speak to you soon then. I am already out inviting me, you know, for next episode. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you to Tanya for naming my new segment of Not So Rapid Fire Questions. If you like this episode, please share it with your friends. Give it some five-star love. And I would so appreciate a review on Apple Podcasts if you're called to do so. We had a great time exploring Tanya's chart this episode and even dug a little bit into her astro map. You can find a link to her chart in the show notes if you're learning about astrology or heard anything that reminds you of your own chart. If you'd like to get a deeper glimpse into your chart or astro map, book a cosmic consult with me at cosmicmoves.com shop. And wherever you are, here's wishing you a stellar day and see you next time.